Hey guys, thanks for bearing with us. We, uh, I don't know, we've been doing this for a while now and tonight I think was our first uh, technical difficulty ever. We got kicked off of uh, the internet there. So anyway, hopefully everybody is finding their way back to this new live stream. If you can, if you're watching, if you um, would, wouldn't mind sharing it so that people know that we have this new stream, it might help them uh, relocate themselves because some people might still be just hanging out on the other one. Um, but our scripture tonight is from James uh, 1, 22 through 25, and I'll be reading from the NIV. If you want to follow along on your, uh, in your Bibles or on your phones there, uh, starting in verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, They'll be blessed in what they do. This ends the reading of the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, so for the last, well, first of all, welcome again to uh, Allison and Michael's house here. Uh, I think we're going to take you guys on a tour later. Uh, but we're so glad to actually be in other people's houses. We've been um, in a few houses, but this is one of the things we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks. And next week, I think we're coming from, uh, we'll be at Becky's house. Is that right, Danny? Uh, and then um, Earl and Stepha's house after that. So um, we, we don't know when the church is going to reopen. Uh, we don't know exactly when it's going to happen. But until then, we want to try to spend some time, uh, more personal time with people in our church, and then invite you in, in a way to connect with them as well. So it's kind of a new thing we're doing. And um, anyway, I hope, you, hope it's uh, enjoyable for you, a little bit more personal connection um, these last two days, I uh, went full on uh, binge Netflix watching uh, The Last Dance. Uh, I know I'm late to the party. It came out a while ago, but uh, for the last two days, I watched it. Super, um, just incredible documentary. And it brought tons of memories up for me. I grew up in that era, uh, of that time period. To me, that's what great basketball is. None of the guys out there today are ever going to compare to the Larry Birds and the Magic Johnsons and the Jordans. But um, it was also very uh, nostalgic for me. And I have a really good friend who died a couple years ago named Josh Nieder. And uh, we used to watch basketball at his house all the time. I was not that good of a basketball player. I would never play basketball for fun in my free time. But Josh always wanted to play basketball like during halftime. And he would pull me out to the basketball court at his house and make three throws or free throws in my face. And, um, and then in the summer times, we would travel together as we got older because uh, we would work at these camps in the summer. And so we'd end up at college campuses playing pickup basketball, uh, playing one-on-one, shooting late nights in the gym. And I just fell in love with basketball. So I don't, I don't know if any of you all are like lovers of basketball, but it's one thing to watch basketball. It's another thing to actually get on the court and play. And um, I actually fell in love with it. And uh, those late nights, especially shooting just with him in a basketball gym, and you get in the zone and you start making it. So he, he was, uh, and we, we play a lot of pickup games together. And um, if I was going to compare him to Michael Jordan, I was his Scottie Pippen. And uh, so he, 
he made me a better player and uh, made me fall in love with the game. And um, but this this documentary really covers the life of Michael Jordan's time at the Bulls and their rise to six uh, championships uh, titles. And it's it's incredible uh, story as you as you dive into it. And um, Phil Jackson, he called their last season in 98, he called it the last dance. And the understanding was at the end of the season, no matter even if they won, that Phil was going to leave as the head coach and the team would probably more or less be disbanded. Pippen would leave and other players. And so this was like their last time uh, to dance together, uh, their last time to play uh, ball together. And as you go into the documentary, it really gets into uh, Michael Jordan and as the leader of the team, his mentality and, and what even drove his mentality, which I'm going to get into later. But the thing you understand about Michael Jordan in The Last Dance is that he was out there dancing to win. No matter what he was doing, he was dancing to win. So uh, as I was thinking about um, tonight and I was thinking about this text, uh, I read this scripture to my wife and she just had a visceral reaction when I said to be doers of the word. She hates that phrase, uh, partly probably because of her scars from church life or whatever and growing up in the church, but she also hates being told what to do. So um, I was sitting there thinking about, you know, this whole idea of being told what to do for my wife who hates being told what to do and she hates hearing doers of the word. Um, and I just saw the last dance and I was like, you know what? The frame for this, the framework for this is not for my wife to be a doer of the word, but to be a dancer of the word. So uh, tonight, as we, as we dive into this idea, the title is Orthopraxis and that's really the working out of our faith. What does it look like to live out our faith as we continue this conversation about reimagining church? What does it look like for us to live this out? And um, so I'm saying we, we, we are learning to be dancers of the word. And so there's three points tonight. Number one is dancing with the word. Number two is dancing to remember. And number three is dancing through the desert. So our first uh, verse there, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. And James, here's the author and the half-brother of Jesus is saying, uh, hey guys, don't just listen to the music. You got to get up and learn to dance with the maker of it. So uh, point number one, dancing with the word. Um, James here, the author and half-brother of Jesus is saying, hey guys, don't just listen to the music. You've got to get up and learn to dance with the maker of it. You've got to learn to dance with the music. Um, don't merely listen to the word. Uh, and then we get into the idea, well, what is the word? Um, oftentimes the word is referring to the scriptures. Uh, but as we get into the, the New Testament and the Gospel of John, John actually calls Jesus the Logos. He calls Jesus the word, uh, that Jesus is the living word. Um, that Jesus is, and the word being or the scriptures being that which is revealing who God is. And now John is saying, we have flesh and blood, a revelation of who God is, walking among us, that Jesus is the word, that he is uh, the living word. So the idea here, if you will, is that we're learning to dance with Jesus. Um, and it's not, it's not an individual thing. This is a corporate communal thing because James is addressing uh, the church. He's addressing the brothers and sisters. Um, and he's, he's speaking to them 
about being doers of the word, but I, I'm, I'm putting in this context of dancing, um, that if, if, you, if you really want to understand, if you really want to, uh, to be a part of this thing, you can't just hear the music. You can't just listen to Jesus. You have to dance with him. You have to move with him. Um, so in that word, uh, in, in the new NIV, it doesn't really come out. It says, don't just hear, but do what it says. In other texts, it says doers, be doers of the word. Um, and that word doers is where we get our word for maker. And it's also uh, the same word used for poet. So when um, in the book of Acts, when they're referring to the poets, uh, when they're preaching, um, that's the same word. And so maker, poet, also publisher or author. And, and so I'm saying artist and also dancer, right? So it's, it's like, don't just be uh, hearers of the word, be dancers of it. Learn to dance in the word. Um, but he says, if you're not dancing, that we're deceiving ourselves, that we're cheating ourselves, that we're missing out. Uh, like me, I could have just sat back, watched basketball on the TV with my friend Josh, but it was actually when I got out on the, on the, on the floor, out on the basketball court, that's where I really learned uh, to love the game. I learned how to move. I learned the plays. Um, and in essence, the Bulls learned to dance with Jordan as their leader. Um, and what does it look like for the church, for us, to learn to dance with Jesus, not to just be hearers of him, but to actually dance with him, um, to let the music get into our skin. Tonight, as we were talking about, like, you know, that he's, he's closer than our skin, uh, to get into our muscles, into our lungs, into our hearts, into our Shakira hips, right? Um, and, and, and move them, right? Love that I get a laugh out of the ladies here. Um, and I will guarantee you this, that when you dance with Jesus, you get more connected to yourself and all of her parts, not less. Um, where Jordan dances to win, as we see throughout the movie, um, Jesus dances to connect. That there's this movement in the dance of Jesus that is about connecting, connecting with us connecting with each other, connecting with him, connecting uh, with this world that he's created. And there's this wild story in the book of 2 Samuel about this king named King David. He's the second king of Israel. And uh, King David at that time and in, in that uh, history of the Hebrew people, uh, God's presence, his intensity was captured in this thing called the ark. And the ark was supposed to be at the center of the nation, at the center of the people, but it was not. And so David got some men together and they went and got the ark and they brought the ark to the city. There was a couple detours along the way, but they finally get the ark to the city. And then David does this uh, wild thing. He dances through the city and there's people playing music and there's other people dancing and David is there dancing. Why? Because God's presence, the intensity of his presence is coming into the center of the community the center of the nation. That's where it's supposed to be. Uh, David is dancing with God. He's dancing before God. And he's dancing. Uh, as he's dancing, he's remembering. He's remembering the promises of God. He's remembering the work of God in his own life. And there was a, a kind of a powerful uh, political figure there. And they saw him dancing. And they looked at him and they judged him. And then afterwards, they confront him and they say to him, I can't believe you did that. You made an embarrassment of yourself. 
So they begin to mock him. They begin to ridicule him, judge him. And David's rebuttal, what David says back, is, is from his dancing, remembering who he is and remembering uh, who his God is. And what he essentially says is, when no one else would choose me, God did. When no one else would invite me onto the dance floor, God did. When I was the last one to be picked, that, that you would think would be picked, because he was the youngest brother. He shouldn't have been picked for king in that culture. That's who God picked to come and dance with him. And so this wild story of David being asked uh, to dance with God, the God who chose him when no one else would. And James goes on in, um, in verse 23, and he says, Anyone who listens to the word uh, or the music but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. And at this time in the ancient Near Eastern world, uh, the, the mirrors they had were not glass mirrors. Uh, they were metal. And so to actually really see yourself, you kind of had to move around and get different angles and look into the mirror for some time to actually see what it was that you really looked like. Um, so this was like a, an ongoing process. It wasn't like a, a split second just look in your bathroom mirror. This was trying to figure out what do I really look like. Um, and so if someone was really engaged in that work of really trying to figure it out, taking some time, and then as soon as they walk away, immediately they forget what they look like. They forget about their appearance. And in the original uh, Greek there, it's, it's really interesting that um, James uses this, this term. He says that they, forgot about, they forget about their Genesis face, their beginning face, their birth face. They forget about what I would say is who they really are. So um, as we've gone through the book of James, or as you go through the book of James earlier, he talks about wealthy people being dressed with glamour and all these things. And so we can kind of dress ourselves up. But, but James is saying here, the person who looks in the mirror intently, and then they, they're able to see themselves, they leave and immediately forget who they are. That, that that's what happens, that we, when we're not dancing, that we're forgetting who we are. That, 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 that if we go back to that story of David, we see that from his dancing or in his dancing with God, that he's remembering the promises, remembering who God is. And, and because of that, he's able to kind of stand, even as the accusations and the attacks come. And James is framing this story. Um, you may not pick up it or not, but he's framing uh, this whole story in the context of, um, of being in, um, in, the, in the desert. Um, and so as, as David is dancing, as he's, with, as he's with the Lord, we're also remembering a dance uh, that's, that's going to happen uh, for the whole nation of Israel. Um, as, as we're going to get there in just one second, I just want to say one thing to the kids out there. And by the kids, I mean all of you that have Instagram accounts and TikTok videos. Um, I, I'm not sure if any generation ever before has taken more pictures or videos of themselves. So this isn't necessarily a mirror, uh, but it is a reflection of yourself. It is a, a capturing an image of yourself. And in our society today, in our world today, you essentially you know, capture these pictures and you put them on this social media platform. And what is it that we're looking for? I mean, we're looking for likes. We're looking for hearts. We're looking for this love. And, um, and in my family, we're doing it. And so uh, 
one of the things that the world is saying is compromise. You have to conform to these images of what we like, uh, of what, what we are telling you to be like so that you'll get more likes. And if you don't think it's happening, uh, just get, be around uh, young teenagers and see the influence that it has. Uh, they see these images being portrayed. They see what's getting the most likes, what's getting the most hearts, and they want that. Um, and so that is another form of uh, a mirror today that, that's being put before us. And God, the God we follow, keeps bringing us back and says, look, in that mirror uh, or in that way, uh, you will be, uh, you will lose yourself. You will lose who you really are. The dance with me and, and, and knowing me and hearing my words over you, my music over you and dancing with me, you remember who you are. Um, total side note, if you, uh, if Mary Stuckey's watching, if you didn't get to see Mary Stuckey's uh, Instagram story this week when the new Providencia or new Paradise Sim song came out, uh, please, Mary, repost that this week tonight so that everybody can see that but that's one of the greatest instagram posts i've ever seen um but the reason that we gather together on sunday the reason that what we're here right now doing this uh the reason that we have story group uh, orientation coming up and we meet together in store as story groups the reason we get together is so that we can keep hearing the music and we can keep learning to dance together and to be reminded of what that dance is all about and that the God claims over us and says over us that we are his beloved. But he wants us to learn to dance to that music, to dance uh, to that song. Um, the whole book of James is, this is what I was getting at earlier. I got ahead of myself. But the whole book of James is framed in the context of the church experiencing suffering and persecution. And he's uh, writing to them to encourage them and, and tell them to learn wisdom, you know, ask for wisdom. And in this particular section, uh, as, as James is in, uh, as, as other authors in the New Testament do, James refers back to the law or the Torah, uh, those first five books of the Bible, to the story. And there we find a beautiful beginning in the Bible and then an incredible tragedy that leads to the enslavement of the Hebrew people. And then it says the people cry out. They cry out thinking that they've been forgotten. And God hears their cries and says God sets them free. He sets them free. And so James is saying, look into the perfect law. Look into the Torah. Look into this story and see the freedom story that happens there. See it. But where does that freedom take the people, uh, the Hebrew people? Where do they first go when they're set free? He takes them into the desert. And so as we get to this last point, the title of this last point is uh, Dancing Through the Desert. It's not just dancing in the desert. We're actually going through it. There's some place we're going. We're going to this promised land, this place where there will, this place where there will be no uh, more tears, uh, the kingdom of heaven here on earth uh, that, that will come in its fullness, where there'll be no more pain. So we're learning to dance through the desert. The desert isn't our permanent home, but it is part of. It's where we are right now. And in the desert, you're going to taste suffering, but you're also going to taste joy. You're going to see. Um, you're going to have suffering, but you're also going to see uh, provision. Uh, you're going to see God showing up. And if you don't dance, then you just kind of die. You just, your heart hardens up and, and your, your body stops, uh, your muscles get, get kind of weak and you're, you're just frail and you're, you begin to die. But God calls us into this dance to learn actually to dance in the desert. That The, de the desert is the dance floor. 
And that's where we're called, uh, as, as James, points out, James points out, in this midst of suffering, and many of us are going through suffering right now with the, the pandemic, with our job stuff, uh, with death. There's, there's all kinds of things that people are suffering through. And this is the place where James is saying, hey, you're going to find freedom here in actually dancing, in doing the word. Not just hearing the word, but actually doing the word. That there's going to be freedom and he says, you will be blessed. And if you, you have any question about what does it mean to be blessed or what's the context of, of being blessed, let me just read to you some of the things that Jesus said about uh, blessed people. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the gentle. Blessed are those who hunger for righteousness, for, they, for the things to be made the way they should be. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure or the whole in heart the peacemaker, the persecuted, the mocked. Blessed are these people. The other time we see Jesus say, um, or or James is saying this, but uh, Jesus says it himself, is after Jesus washes the disciples' feet, he says, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. The journey of blessing uh, isn't rising to dominate the world. You, you get really deep into the psyche of Michael Jordan and, and he begins to talk about him fighting over the attention of his father with his brother. And you see this man's life committed to gaining the attention of his father. That his father would not forget him, that his father would love him, that his father would embrace him, that he would be enough for his father. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the living word, dancing with him, the message of the music and the message of the dance that he chooses us as his community to dance with us is that he has not forgotten us. And if we go all the way back to to remember that original face, that Genesis face, he never has. He never has forgotten us. We live in a world that says you have to do, do, do to get, get, get. And, And God says, I am giving freely. I'm giving you love freely. I love you and I have chosen you to dance with me. That is this beautiful message that Jesus uh, does for us. That when we follow Jesus, when we dance with Jesus, when we become doers of the word, that we actually become people who uh, wash other people's feet. That we become people who, who, who wash the feet of the poor, the outcasts. And, and that's the next thing that, that James gets into in James 1.27. He says, pure and undefiled uh, religion or, or worship is caring for widows and orphans. That truly living this faith out, truly dancing this faith out, is caring for those who are in distress, for those who are the vulnerable, for those who are um, considered weak, for those who are not chosen. That as a body... We go and find the the unchosen people and we invite them into this dance and we dance with them. Church, the, the beauty of our faith is that it is artistic. It is creative. And, and I, I hope for you because I, like my wife, when I would hear that phrase being a doer of the word, in my past, it would feel so oppressive and I would feel like self-contempt. I would hate myself. Um, 
But I pro- now in my life, because of this reimagined work that I've done, because of the work that God has done in my own heart and, and re- reassuring me of how deeply he loves me, um, when I hear this, it's an invitation to create. Um, whether that's in your work or in your friendships or in your neighborhood, wherever it is that we're called to create um, like Jesus created, to love like Jesus loves. And it's a beautiful journey and it's a beautiful adventure. Friends, if you're going to dance, you have got to eat. And that takes us uh, to our meal. Uh, the, the night that Jesus was betrayed.